welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. So Jesus, we just quiet ourselves before you, and we thank you that, uh, Holy Spirit, you are our comforter, you are our guide, you are the peace, um, and so uh, the peace of God. And so I just pray for those that we know, family members, friends, maybe it's our own hearts, maybe it's our own uh, lives that are being gripped by fear again and anxiety and worry and, and whatever. Um, God, I, I know that those things, we want to submit those at your feet. And so this morning, we take time, we pause, and we say thank you for your goodness and your mercy that met us on the road, continues to meet us on our journey, and, and God invites us into a, a greater um, just depth with you. And so I'm praying that for, for our own lives and, again, for those we know, that we might be ambassadors of reconciliation, ambassadors of peace, that we might be carriers of peace, feeded, that, that our feet are, are, are set with the gospel of peace, Jesus. And so, yeah, we just pray that. And again, just thank you for this time, Holy Spirit. We praise things in your name. Amen. Praying the last few weeks, um, I'm actually getting to the heart of the message. So, as I was praying the last few weeks, um, I knew that I was going to preach. Aaron is gone on vacation. He's up in Omaha and spent some time up there. I think one of his kids has a broken toe and one got a, uh, a hook through their ear. Uh, so he's had a good, enjoyable experience for the last uh, week. My son got second-degree burns on his foot yesterday. So it's just been a good Wallace thing going on right now. Um, and so anyway, um, but as I was praying the last few weeks, knowing I was going to preach, you know, I, I was thinking, okay, Lord, what, what would you have me preach on? And, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit gave me a couple pictures. I'm a visual guy. And so a lot of times he'll, he'll speak to me kind of just through images or pictures. And so I got two pictures and I want to share those with you this morning. Um, but before I, I share those thoughts, I, I need to confess that originally, probably about a month ago, when first time I heard I was going to preach, I, I had a topic in mind. Like, I had something I wanted to preach on. And in fact, it was something that probably went all the way back to the end of 2019. You see, when you only preach like once every five months, there's a lot that gets built up in there. You're like, oh, yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. So if I go on rabbit trails, I'm sorry. But all that to say is that I had something in my heart that I was like, yeah, that's, that's got to be it. That's it. And so this is kind of how, I want to be transparent with you, this is kind of how my, my dialogue, it was really a monologue, went with the Holy Spirit. I was saying, Holy Spirit, you know, those are great things that you've given me. I appreciate that. You're really good. Uh, but I'd kind of like to teach on what I originally, you know, had thought because it's been dwelling in my heart for six months. And so if you could just kind of help me formulate how I'm going to say that, I'd sure appreciate that help. That was seriously kind of how the last few weeks went. Um, I, didn't, I didn't particularly, I mean, these are great things too that I'm going to speak on, but I, I had something burning in my heart. And then the Holy Spirit said, nope, not right now. And so I want to I wanna encourage you that there's, there's, a, um, there's a place between good intentions. There, there's like this dynamic where as believers, sometimes we try to walk in good intentions, but they're not even of the Lord versus walking in godly conviction and obedience. And so the Holy Spirit got in my heart. He got up in my business. And what I had as a good intention, the Lord says, that's not what I have for you today. What I have for you is to walk in obedience to what I'm asking you to walk in obedience to. And so I say all that to say is that sometimes when we say yes to Jesus, sometimes we have to say no to other things, right? Like, and so sometimes our best yes is a best no, <laughs> if that makes sense. And so submitting to the Holy Spirit is what I desire because that's, uh, that's the things that last, right? Walking in step with the Spirit are the things that will last. And the dynamics that play out spiritually and physically and relationally are so much greater than what I could do in my best efforts. Um, so anyway, 
I wanted to share that because uh, that's, a, that's a challenge, I think, to the church. And so I want to start, and I want to ask uh, the Holy Spirit for guidance this morning. I know we prayed, but we want to be a people of prayer. In fact, I have a great mentor that, that taught me some of the most beautiful dynamics of prayer, and this is what he would do. We would be in conversation, literally having coffee, and I'm like, <laughs> and all of a sudden he'd go into prayer, right? I'm like, oh, okay, here we go, right? Okay, there we go. But I loved it because it showed the dynamic of a living relationship with God. You know what I mean? Like we would be talking about things that are burdening our hearts or family members or friends that are going through stuff. And I'd be kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll pray for that. And he's like going into it. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And so I think that any time that we can just submit to the, to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord in prayer is a beautiful thing. And he honors, he honors that. And in fact, he says, my house will be called what? A house of prayer. Not a house of activity, not a house of good intentions, a house of prayer. So everything birthed in prayer will produce fruit that lasts. So there we go. So let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. Jesus, man, you're so good. I love singing about you. I love, I love not just knowledge of you, but intimacy with you. And so Holy Spirit, we, just, we invite you. We invite you to speak to us this morning, reveal what you want to reveal. Lord, encourage where you need to encourage. Holy Spirit, convict where you need to convict. That's not our job. That's not my job. That's your job. And so, Lord, rebuke us if we need re, you know, to be rebuked this morning. And I know it's all done from a place of love and sincerity. So we receive, we, we come with our hands, as that said, we come with our hands wide open. We come with our hands open to you, Lord, saying, do what you want. We hold nothing dear. We hold you, Christ, as everything. You are supreme over all. So, yeah, reveal whatever you want to reveal this morning. We pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so here are the two pictures I, the Holy Spirit was kind of downloading me the last couple weeks. Again, I'm a visual guy, and so I just kept, these kind of kept coming up repeatedly. And one is cornerstone, and one is that of an anchor. And so there's some similarities here, and so I kind of want to pack these just for a moment. And so if you have your scriptures, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. First, it'll be up here on the screen as well. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. 1 Peter is one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's hard to say that, you know? Is it okay to say, Lord, I have a favorite book of the Bible? I mean, it's all good, right? But uh, it really ministers to me. And so um, I was drawn here with the cornerstone imagery, but it says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, and again, starting at verse 4. It says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Things I like to do when I be let down will never be disappointed. And so one of the things I like to do when I begin to, uh, to, to create or, or explore with the Holy Spirit what he'd have to say in a message is I like, I like to see uh, definitions. I'm a, I just kind of like to see how the spiritual dan- dynamics play out there. And so I went and I, I Googled Cornerstone just to kind of see what it said. And I love this because I think it has some implications for us this morning. It says this, the cornerstone or foundation stone is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. All the other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. All other stones are set in reference to this one stone, the cornerstone, thus determining the position of the entire, say entire, entire structure. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself even in a dictionary, right? 
That's the truth of Jesus. When Jesus is rightly positioned as the cornerstone of our lives, all other stones, our family, our hobbies, our work, our relationship, our marriage, our finances, are set in reference to him. Amen? All other stones are set in reference to him. And I'm not talking in part, okay? And I I need to be clear about that because Jesus said the greatest commandment is what? To love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, right? He's going back to Deuteronomy 6 when, when, when God gave that to Moses. And so this all thing is a big thing to Jesus. For instance, when construction, when a construction company begins to build a house and they pour a foundation, do they set half a house on the foundation? Do they set half on the dirt, half on the foundation and say, oh, that's as good as it's going to get? Would you want to live in that house? Would you even consider buying that house? That's a jankety house. You ain't going to live in that thing, and you don't want your kids to live in that thing. And the spiritual implications is that Jesus is inviting us to set our entire framework, our entire lives, our entire grid, your structure, your entire being on the foundation of Christ. So what about my kids? Set them on the cornerstone. Well, what about what I watch on TV and allow into my mind? Yep, that too. What about my thoughts on COVID-19? What about my thoughts on George Floyd? What about my thoughts on who I should vote? There's a scripture that says, you lay them on the cornerstone, every single one of them. There's a scripture that says, I take every thought captive and I submit it to Jesus. So even your opinions, which are abounding in this time, and you, can, you don't have to search very far to see uh, a lot of opinions, you submit those to Jesus. Amen? You submit those to Jesus, church. You submit those to Jesus. Okay, okay, I'm good. So I love Jesus uh, for many reasons. And, and, and a huge reason is because I just, I find so much peace in Jesus being the immovable reference point of my entire life. Right? And so I want to ask you this morning, what, what's your cornerstone? What's your reference point? What determines the entire structure of who you are? Is it Christ? Is it something else? And so we're going to be, I want, I want you to begin to have that conversation with the Holy Spirit this morning, because at the end, we're going to do a little of confession and repentance, all right? And those are beautiful things. Don't be scared, church, okay? We're going to have an opportunity to do that. So begin to ponder that with the Holy Spirit. And so I feel like, um, I feel a check in my, um, and so I, the Lord wanted to give me kind of a, an exhortation, um, kind of a warning. Um, and so I, I want to, I want to dive in here for a moment. I I can tend to get on soapboxes, so I, I need to submit that to Jesus. But um, I, I want to talk about a biblical worldview just for a moment. There, there is no reason to apologize or even to compromise that this is our worldview. Amen? And, and so I'm not chiding you. I'm just I'm challenging the church to get back to a biblical worldview, that you see everything through the lens of the truth of Jesus Christ. The revelation that he went to the cross, the revelation that he rose from the grave, the, re- the revelation that he, he invites everyone into salvation. We choose to see the world through the, a biblical worldview. And so anything that comes up in society is seen through that lens. Not what society dictates, not what somebody in Europe says, not what somebody in China says, even our, our president, whoever, even your favorite pastor, you submit it to Jesus through the biblical worldview. Amen. And so I, I want to I invite us into this as a church. We, 
We have to stop anchoring our lives into what society thinks is best or what culture dictates. If 2020 is revealing anything, that is a glaring revelation for the church. Because relative truth and the world's opinions, shifting sand, shifting sand. Anybody live long enough to see the culture change? Yeah, shifting sand. For instance, you could say the right word or phrase, politically correct and culturally sensitive today, and be totally wrong tomorrow. Because a reference point anchored in culture is shifting sand. Now, that's not to say that we don't need to be culturally aware as the church and to be, uh, yeah, cognizant of what's going on in the world around us. I, I, somebody once said, um, you're, you're so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good, right? Like we're so eternity set, like heaven, oh, I'm just going reaching out for, that we're of no earthly good to the people around us. And so we, there's, this, there's this fine place of saying, Lord, I set my eyes to eternity, to heaven, but I'm in the reality of today. And so how can I be used today? And so we need to be culturally aware. Like even Paul, I, if you look at the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, one of the things that I, I just so admire about Paul is that when he was ministering to a Jewish audience, he knew what they, what they believed. Like he knew their worldview. He knew what they couldn't do, what they shouldn't eat. He knew their laws and commandments. And so he used that as a launching pad to talk about the gospel of Jesus. When he was with the Gentile audience, he knew what their worldview was. He wasn't scared by it. It didn't change his, his opinions. But he knew how to use that as a launching pad to minister to the Gentiles in an effective way. And so we need to be culturally aware without pandering to culture. Does that make sense? All right, I'll get off that. Well, no, wait, just one second. You see, our God remains steadfast. There's many examples in the Old Testament and New Testament, but um, Cornerstone, Anchor, uh, He's our fortress, um, He's our rock, He hides me in the cleft of His, like all these images of Christ being a foundation, a steadfast, immovable, living being, right? And so God doesn't change his mind when culture, when splinters into factions. And again, it's, it's very wide on how many factions we have out in the world. God doesn't change his mind when culture demands that the church changes its biblical stance on a biblical view or a biblical issue. God doesn't change his mind when, when people of the earth mock his word, when people of the earth mock his, his people, when people of the earth mock Jesus. And in fact, he loves them so much that he would send his son to die for them and still say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He doesn't change his mind. His heart is still for you and still for the people of this world. And in fact, God doesn't change his mind when Christians get a little testy about their own opinions. Face masks, non-face masks, right? God doesn't change his mind. And so you submit every opinion even unto the lordship of Jesus Christ. Every thought, every opinion. I found myself with the whole mask and non-mask thing, and I wasn't going to go here, but I found myself like on this circular pattern, right? Having conversations, even with meaningful Christians, and my own self included, and I mean, we're just like, and I'm just like, is this of any good? Does that make sense? I'm not saying I don't have my opinions, but I'm just saying that was not submitted to Jesus because it was not edifying. It did not produce any fruit that, that was of any edification for myself or the person I'm talking to. That's not submitted to Jesus. I'm just confessing. So I'm going to get off that before anything else. But uh, anyway, but the kind of God that I serve is so loving and kind. And this is what I love about God, is that he doesn't change with just the, the same truth. 
and yet he loves me so dearly that he can hold grace with just the, the same amount of intensity. He can hold grace and truth without any compromise. Amen? Like he invites us. I love how First Peter says, he says, you're being built into a spiritual house, right? And he's talking about the body of Christ, but I think individually too, we're being built. What does that infer? That it's, it's an ongoing process. I am not a complete work. My wife, if she was in here, would say, amen, hallelujah, right? And I would say the same of her and of you, my friends. We're being built. God has grace for us. That's the kind of cornerstone that's worthy to build our entire lives upon, church. Come on. And so I feel like 2020 is totally revealing our foundations as Christians. We've had a lot of time to reflect, to ponder, um, and it's revealing the cornerstones that we've chosen to build upon. Maybe for a short season, maybe for long years, and so some of them are embedded pretty deeply, but I've had to do some of that reflection of these last three months. And And what I found is this, that Jesus has been a primary cornerstone of mine for many years, but he hasn't been the only one. There's been other counterfeit cornerstones. And one that he exposed in my my heart pretty early on when my kids didn't go back to school uh, after spring break, and that was quite the surprise, and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be, I'm not okay, I'm not okay, is the counterfeit cornerstone of comfortability. I liked things the way they were, and they weren't always great, but I was settling for satisfactory, like, oh, it's a C, okay, Lord, I guess you'll do with that. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody else resonate with that? The cornerstone of comfortability, the counterfeit cornerstone, and this is what happened. When that stone got shaken in March, late March of 2020, into April, into May, right? When that got shaken and it crumbled, you know what replaced that void? Initially was fear. Initially was anxiety. What the heck am I going to do? My wife was, was building a salon in March of 2020. Not a good time to be building a salon, right? My kids were going back to school. I'm like, Lord Jesus, what are you doing? And so anxiety replaced what I had built upon in comfortability. But then after some heart work, after some Holy Spirit conviction, time to ponder with him, pray, talk with him, Jesus replaced a fear, and then Jesus brought peace. And so it's a beautiful thing, actually, when our, our foundations are a little shaken, because it revealed the only foundation that is not shaken. And so I, I found this to be true in my own life over the last three months, and really over the last almost 40 years, almost 40, but when we build upon the wrong foundation, you and I will be doing a lot of work to keep it up, and we'll be doing a whole lot of work when it crumbles. I mean, I've, I, I've been a Christian almost for 30 years. My dad was a pastor. And so um, in many ways, I kind of had a legalistic slave mentality of Christianity. Um, that wasn't really what I was handed down, but it's, it's what I thought I should do, right? Um, and so I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked real hard to make the structure look sound, look structurally like it had integrity to it. But on the inside, I was like, this is so much work versus walking in sonship and knowing that he's the foundation. He builds as I surrender. He builds as I submit. There's a difference, friends. And so if you're walking in this, trying to get it all just right and doing the right things and trying to keep it, it will crumble. Surrender now. Let, let Jesus peel, peel off that Band-Aid, right? Let Jesus crumble the fake foundation. 
submit to him this morning. I, you know, it reminded me of a story when I was in, uh, in high school and then into college. I went on six mission trips uh, to a place called Santana, Mexico. And it was just right south of the border, um, kind of south of Phoenix a bit, and a few hours. And so, anyway, we'd go there every summer, um, and we would build different things at a Christian camp. And so, the first year, I was put on a crew that was going to build retaining walls, okay? And so, if you know anything about the desert or, or there, they don't get much rain, but when they do, it's like flash flood type stuff, right? And so, a downpour can really just, like, it was going into their cafeteria and different things. And anyway, it's a bad deal. So, they wanted us to build a retaining wall, and so we had these big old um, river stones that we got from a dry riverbed, and... So we, uh, the, first, the first day, our Spanish-speaking guide, he comes over, and he begun, begins to give us like a little guidance on how to build a retaining wall. I mean, we're, you're talking 16-year-olds trying to figure out how to build a, a wall. I mean, it's, it's kind of hysterical, but we're going to build this like this, this V-wall, 15-foot about that way and 20-foot that way. And so he begins in Spanish to give us guidance, and I had taken Spanish one, but that's, that's nothing impressive, right? I mean, and I'm like, hola, baño, I mean, what? I don't know. And so I pretended, you know, I'm a prideful 16-year-old, I'm like, yeah, I told, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, see, 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 right? I'm just, I'm just going with it. And he's like, okay. And he, he starts walking off, right? And so I'm like, <laughs> well, I guess let's go for it. How, how hard is it to build a wall? And so we start, we, we put that first one down. We, we start building. We build probably about two to three feet of this V on each side. And so a couple hours later, the guy comes over, the Spanish-speaking guide, and he, he kind of begins to survey our, 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 our wall. And, you know, we're all kind of standing back like, yeah, high five. And like, that's pretty good. I mean, first time, that's a pretty good wall. And, and I'll never forget this. About a minute after kind of surveying it and looking around, and he kind of tapped on it a little, he just goes like this, literally, just goes like this. Bink! Like, gently nudges the thing, and it falls. It's like dominoes. All the way back to where our founding stone was. And he, he motions over to us, and he, he points, and he's like, like, no, no. I'm like, what, dude? And what he was referring to is the cornerstone. We had chosen to build on the wrong cornerstone. Right? It was way too small, and it wasn't going to support uh, that which came up from it and then went splintered off of it. And so, needless to say, I never shortchanged picking out the right cornerstone again as I was put on walls for the next six years, but the cornerstone position of the inner stone is set in reference to the cornerstone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. So when I read that from dictionary or .com or whatever it was, I was like, I get that. I get that. So church, I'm just inviting us into this, this, this place, this spirit-led endeavor where we take time to reflect on what we're building on. And I, I think we need to take time more often than many times we do. It could even be a daily act in the morning or at night to say, Lord, what have I been building on? I want it to be built on that which lasts. So and I'm not just talking about your church self either. I played that card, so I know that card well. I'm not talking about your church self either. I'm talking, is your marriage built on the cornerstone of Jesus? Are your finances and how and where you spend your money built upon Christ? Are your kids' activities built upon the cornerstone of Christ? And this is not, please hear me, this is not a legalistic approach to life with Christ. This is wholly necessary. Jesus isn't asking you to, to submit your kids' sports schedules or, or you know, your finances to him because he somehow wants you to have an impeccable like, attendance record at church or an impeccable tithing record. This has nothing to do with church. This has everything to do with the heart. Where your treasure is what? There your heart will be also. What you're building upon will reveal itself in a short time. It might take a little bit longer for some that are really good at masking it. 
right? But it's the heart, it's a heart issue. The cornerstone should determine where all the other stones are set. That's the reference point. It doesn't move, period. It doesn't move, period. So don't compare your marriage or your finances or your kids' activities or your you fill in the blank with anybody else around you. Don't compare it with me. Don't compare it with your neighbor beside you, your neighbor beside you where you live, period. Those are shifting reference points. Submit it to the feet of Christ, a reference point which does not move. Amen? There's some peace in that. I'm telling you, there is some peace for somebody who is, who is trying to build on shifting sand. His name is Jesus. I turned 40 this year, and so uh, as I look back on the seasons in my life, I think it's like a natural progression, you know, like when you almost get to the next decade, you really ponder some things. Of course, 2020 has done its own job for me, but um, anyway, I've been reflecting on some seasons in my life. And so, um, and every time I do this, I, I, of course, I learn lessons. And this is what I've learned. Everything that is not built upon Jesus is temporary and usually produces fear, pride, frustration, discontentment, hopelessness, and the list goes on. And so, for instance, in my life, in, in a good long season of my life, way too long of a season of my life, I've tried building peace on the foundation of good finances and a comfortable savings account. That crumbles. I can share a handful of stories with you on how that crumbles in my own experience. I've tried building contentment on the foundation of having a uh, successful ministry position in a church. I was called when I was 18, so I thought, it's got to look good, right? It crumbles. That was, a, that was a fairly recent memory, four or five years ago. And share that story if you'd like. I've tried building joy on the foundation of a comfortable life in the suburbs where my kids can do any activity under the sun, play any sport they can, and get a good education. That crumbles. Now, why does that crumble? Because having good finances or being a pastor or having my kids live in the suburbs is wrong? No. But those are temporary realities, friends. Th those will my finances have shifted many times in my life. Way too many times, right? And I, if I've tried to lock peace into that shifting sand, I am so dissatisfied too many times. I'm, it's like a spiritual wake-up call, like the Holy Spirit slaps my face every time, in a very loving way, by the way. But he's like, come on, man, <laughs> how many times? I mean, really? You know? Um, or, or my kid's doing everything because it, everybody else is doing it, and so I should probably, my kids should probably do everything. And, and, and then me and my wife come to a place where we're pulling out our hair, and we're like, we're so exhausted, and our kids really aren't. I mean, they're not knowing the Lord. I'm not saying activities are bad, so please don't get me wrong. I'm just saying submit everything. Submit everything the entire structure built upon the framework of Christ. Jesus said it like this in Matthew uh, chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. He says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and great was the and it fell and great was the fall of it and great was the fall of it You know these words of mine that Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 20 he said everyone who hears these words and does them, or everyone who hears the word and does not do them. He's referring to uh, uh, the chapters in Matthew. He's referring to Matthew 5 through 7. It's the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's Jesus' longest sermon that we find in Scripture, and it'll give you very precise uh, things in what Jesus believes to be true. 
he is truth, so he, he can say whatever he wants. It is truth. Um, and so I invite you to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, uh, chapters 5 through 7, because Jesus was and is serious about living a life surrendered to him. He was and is serious about living a life surrendered to the power of the Holy Spirit. He was and still is serious about us building on the cornerstone that is Christ. And this is where I think the, the, the second image comes to mind, and I'll just briefly share on this. But, um, so the first one was the, the cornerstone, and, and the second was an anchor. And there's some similarities in, in just being like these big, immovable objects. And so I got this picture of an of a anchor being cast over a boat, and it's made its way all the way down to the, to the seabed, and it's like stuck in the seabed, right? It's not moving. And what I got was, was this picture um, and I was praying with the you know, Holy Spirit, like, what are you revealing here? And, and what I got was this picture of relationships, kids' activities, marriage, hobbies, finances, work. And those are just a few. There were many, many cords, many, many ropes attached to this anchor. But, but, the, but I, I saw arrows specifically pointing back into the anchor. And I think what the Lord was revealing is saying, that's your reference point. I'm your reference point. For all these things, your entire life, your entire structure, your entire being, rooted, tethered to the anchor, Right? But, but then, oh, that, that was great, Lord, thank you, that's awesome. But I, but I feel like the Holy Spirit was giving me more. And so, go to the next picture, if you would, Darcy. But, I, but this, there's a beautiful dynamic that happens in a re- living relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that what comes back out of the anchor, reverberating back out, and these are just one of many ropes that I saw coming back out, but the arrows were pointing away from the anchor, and they were rest, it was peace, it was hope, it was joy, it was con- contentment and so on, and so on. You see, there's this beautiful thing that happens when we tether our hearts, when we tether our lives, when we tether our minds, our thoughts, our opinions to the anchor of who Christ is. It's, it's, it's not shifting sand. And then what comes reverberating back out of the life of Jesus is peace, hope, joy. And so when my finances, shifting sand, when my kids' activities, shifting sand, when my job and employment, shifting sands, I'm thankful for all those but I don't need to tether me on his found those things. I tether my heart to Christ, who then sets me on his foundation and my entire frame that is built. So peace becomes a permanent fixture of my heart. Joy becomes a permanent posture of who I am. The winds may blow and the ship up, up, up top may have all these winds blow, but it's not, it's, it's not going to be broken. It's not going to drift out to sea. It may get battered a bit, but it's tied to an anchor. It's tethered to the rock. So I want to invite us this morning as we consider that and ponder that. I, I, I want to invite us into that question, what is your cornerstone or who is your cornerstone? What is your anchor? What are you tethering your life to? What are you tethering your marriage to? What are you tethering your finances to? Take a moment, ask the Holy Spirit. He's here. I, this is not about me trying to convict you of anything. I, I, that's, that's worthless and it's meaningless. Just surrender to the Holy Spirit. We're going we're gonna to take a moment of confession and repentance. And those are beautiful dynamics of being a Christ follower. So take a moment. What am I tethering my heart to?
take a moment to repent of those things and just, just ask the Lord to, to reveal those counterfeit cornerstones. He loves you. He has the best thoughts for you. This isn't something legalistic we have to do. It's something we get to do because he loves us in view of God's mercy that we offer our bodies as living sacrifices to him. In view of your mercy, God. Thank you for the times, Lord, that I've, that foundation has crumbled that was not of you. I'm thankful for that, God. Because in the midst of that, you brought your peace. In the midst of that, you, Jesus, brought yourself. You brought the cross. You brought an empty grave. Jesus, I'm just, I'm just getting a picture of you just running as the prodigal son's coming home and he's, he's feeling ashamed and, oh Lord, look what I've done. I can't believe I've done this. I can't believe I've done this. If only I could just, I'll eat of the scraps. And yet what does the father do? He puts his finest robe on the son. What does the father do? He puts his sandals on the son. He puts a signet ring saying, you're still mine. And he throws a party so Jesus, when we've built on, on counterfeit cornerstones, you're not looking to point a finger at us and say, why do you do that again? Why do you do that again? You're so this, you're so that. They say, child, you're mine. Son or daughter, yeah, come back. Let's walk and step with the Spirit together. So thank you, Jesus, for inviting us into that calling, not out of condemnation, but there's a beautiful thing of conviction that we got to walk with you, talk with you. Help us to be very grace-filled, and yet bold people of truth, uncompromising God as you are uncompromising in both. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. Be with my friends as we go from here and uh, just bless this day. Yeah, Jesus, help us to be carriers of peace and reconciliation. We pray these things in your powerful and wonderful name. Amen. Well, God bless you and we will see you back next week. Community.org.